podcast. Uh, this is your podcast featuring me, Arlen Haro, uh, and my constant co-pilot in this endeavor, Eric Sayor. It's almost April and it still feels like we're in 2020, so this is really weird. <laughs> yes, yes, it feels very strange, um, like we're locked in stasis. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Everything's moving very slowly. Uh, the weather really didn't change that much for me <laughs> through yeah. uh, the last uh, twelve months. So, yeah. Uh, no, at least, at least we have seasons here to <laughs> to yeah. have an idea what time of the year it is. But it still feels like like it's right. They just announced Oscar nominations, <laughs> so it feels like <sighs> what is what. what what even is like a, a normal year? It's not. Um, and yeah, we're we talking can talk about. about yeah, yeah. We, we, we can get into that first because we're doing our top 10 movies of 2020. And mm-hmm. uh, for many award shows, 2020 means 2020 plus three months and even yeah. more. Um, I don't know when. <laughs> so, so it's and it's been like a year where it's been, I don't know about two, but pretty hard for me to get focused and watch intense dramas and like depressing movies that I normally would have loved to see in theaters uh, but yeah. getting the energy to watch those at home over any like old classic on the Criterion channel um, mm-hmm. uh, that has been like more or less my safe space uh, of movie watching this year so um it's a we. I have a weird list in front of me. <laughs> yes, my my list is also very odd. <laughs> uh, yeah, in a different year, most of these would not be on my list. Um, even though I would still say all of them deserve to be here. Um, the the ones that I've locked in at least. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see how this how this goes. Um, yeah, I have feelings about the Oscars about how responsible or irresponsible it may be to be doing an award show this year but uh we don't have to go into that for too long um but yeah they're they're still doing it and we're still going to be doing a top 10 because hey why not um uh not a lot of oscar movies in my list i don't think yours either um of these movies either just came out and only are rentable for like 20 or 25 dollars or none or in the case of like nomadland mm-hmm. are not even out in canada so yeah uh I, yeah I consider stuff that came out here up to like let's say early january um mm. so um which is like usually what i what i do with this list but um like yeah um, no Minari, no, no Madland, no a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that I heard was really good, and I'm, I really want to watch, but again, yeah, not the best year yeah. for movie watching for me. Yeah, for me it was just, does this feel like a 2020 movie? <laughs> like, just do I associate it with that year? And if I didn't, it it didn't come on. And also, there were a couple of movies that. I have seen that are definitely going to be, we're going to talk about them a lot in 2021 at the beginning of next year (laughs) Um, that I just didn't like them enough to put them on my list this year. Um, doesn't mean they were bad, but 
they just didn't hit me in quite the same yeah. place uh, that a lot of these movies did. Um, so yeah, uh, do you want to kick us off with the actual listing of things? Um, or did you have any disclaimers before starting your list? Or... Uh, no real disclaimers. Uh, I'll get to, if there's any disclaimers, I'll get to it uh, with my first, uh, with the movie uh, that it comes with. Uh, my number 10 is, uh, I have an ordered list as usual. You don't as usual. Uh, mm-hmm. You know the drill. Um, my number 10 is Tenet, a movie we talked about a bunch uh, on this show a movie that i honestly one of my favorite movie watching experience of the year like it's it's like the only movie that i've watched at home that has felt like an actual big blockbuster and that has like kind of stayed with me and i love the style of it i love uh, those two actors who we you can go back and listen to us talk about it i think it's like I just really like that movie, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's not yeah. like it's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best movie on my list. It's like there may be stuff I like other movies that I've watched. I think may have been better, uh, but mm-hmm. I don't think there's uh, anything I watched in the last like any other like let's say blockbuster I've tried to watch in the last six months or so that I liked as much as uh as tenet and that has like made me feel like okay i'm watching a big new movie again and it 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 feels great um right and nothing nothing since quarantine except one other movie i'll get to later on this list yeah um yeah (laughs) tenet's 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 an interesting choice um i understand why you have it on the list um, I never thought it would be on your list or even on my list, but I, I'm glad that you had such a good time with it. My, my opinion of that movie has only gone down since I initially watched it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, it was a good experience. I had a good time with it. Um, you know, I have similar feelings about that movie as I have about the, uh, most recent Wonder Woman movie, um, which is, they were a fun time, um, but they were very, both movies were very disposable to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Tenet is a movie that I felt I, I wanted to put on this list at the number 10 where that kind of sat empty. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the, a good place to put it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's not good. It's not better than any of these other movies. Uh, but also, just thinking about it, it's a movie that if it came out in IMAX, like later in the year right. after I'm vaccinated, <clears throat> I'll go watch it again. And just that enough is like, yeah, I really liked yeah. it and I really want to see it like how it's like meant to be seen. Right. Uh, yeah, um, I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing. I would, I would probably, <laughs> I would probably, but here's the thing. Some of the bad movies that I've seen that came out last year, I would see them in a theater right now. I would go right this minute if I could. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, you know what? I would go see the Snyder cut in the theater. It was there and I was vaccinated. So fully vaccinated, I should say. Uh, so yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. It's yeah. an interesting that's, thing. That's like, yeah. It's, it's an inter- weird pick for a weird year. Like I think a normal year, yeah. I'd have like another big blockbuster that was actually really good. 
uh, I'd have yeah. Dune, maybe I'd have I don't know, right? Uh, whatever. Tom I certainly Cruise would have predicted came out, yeah. but like, yeah. this well, year well, there was nothing else really. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, when we did this last year, I would have predicted that this would be on both of our lists. I would have <laughs> assumed it would have been uh, at that point. Um, um, shout out to uh, Isaiah, uh, by the way, <laughs> who also really loves Tenet. <laughs> it's his favorite new movie, apparently. Uh, so. Yeah, um, shout out to him. The, the and, last uh... thing I'll say about Tenet is that I don't have any anime movie on my list this year, just ah. because the big anime movies of twenty of last mm-hmm. year, like a couple didn't really hit for me. One I had seen yeah. the year prior and put on my list last year, I think actually, and one is like just came out now. So, uh, mm. so so really just uh, not the. Like I watched a lot of good anime last year, but no new movies. Yeah. And Tenet is the closest to a big anime movie that I watched. <laughs> it gets the anime. I spot. mean, yeah, kind of. It kind of, and in many ways, it is an anime. Um, okay, uh, that's that's a good that's a good starter pick. Uh, uh, I guess on that note, I will go to mine. Um, which honestly, I could. The opening of your selling tenant there, I could apply to this movie. Uh, so early 2020, uh, one of the last movies I saw in the theater <laughs> in early January, uh, Bad Boys for Life is on my list. Um, it made it. It's it's the little bad boys that could. <laughs> uh, the the and, biggest uh, box office of the year. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's how I picked it. Uh, no, it's it's a movie that I saw on a whim. <laughs> As like a, I need to go to the movies. I I feel I need to go to the theaters. Uh, and I went to see it after seeing the fourth It Man the same night. Also, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, <laughs> um, and I was like, okay, well, I I expect to have some fun. It's Will Smith. Uh, he's great. We both grew up with Will Smith. Um, so I expect this will at least be interesting. And I was blown away by a lot of the movie. Um, it made me interested enough to go back and watch the previous two bad boys. Um, that's the kind of movie that it is where you feel this sense of ownership over the franchise, having never seen the previous movies, (laughs) um, and a desire to know more about these characters. and it's a real it's just a fun blast of a movie uh but also like there's a there's a real attempt at like stakes and some you know fairly soapy but very well done drama um it kind of feels like a superhero movie um and much in the way that the fast movies do um in the way that the best of them do you know it it would be high praise for me to say it is on, you know, the same tier as a Fast Five or a Fast and the Furious Six. Um, so you know that, <laughs> that I really enjoyed this movie. Um, and I'm very curious to see uh, what the directing team behind this movie does after this. They've been hired to do Miss Marvel and many other things after this, a Bad Boys 4 as well. Um, so yeah, this movie, it had this sort of spot in my sort of proto list that you start with at the beginning of any year and it just 
held on for dear life. <laughs> Not and uh, the pandemic definitely helped it remain there um, for uh, 12, 13 months now. <laughs> so uh, or four, 15 months now. So yeah, um, that's 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 mine. Uh, did you did you uh, have the chance to go back and watch the other two bad boys since? Yes, I did. Yeah, like almost right away, I oh, went okay. and watched them. Um, they're not as good. <laughs> they're not as they're not as fully formed. They're they're Michael Bay movies. Um, the first one feels like a kind of generic '90s action movie, um, but Will Smith is really good in it, and him and Martin Lawrence have an incredible chemistry. Uh, Bad Boys Two is a film uh, with actors <laughs> and cameras, uh, but it's a, it's a it's like the 2000s version of BVS and uh, <laughs> that it's insane. And so much of it is gonzo in the way that it approaches filmmaking. Um, but it's just a complete and total mess in so many, so many ways. Um, but it still informed my experience with this. And I really love the way that they develop these two characters. And if you do watch all three movies, you see this maturing of these two stunted police characters who feel it's weird. They updated them, not knowing that they would need to update them. They feel very uh, modern and, uh, and, uh, and headed to their times in some ways. Um, but the movies are just, they're real dumb cop movies, <laughs> but they do it really well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I think we can go to your ninth pick, unless you had a yeah. uh, another question um, or thought. Yeah, my ninth pick. I, I watch a lot of a lot more documentaries than I'm used to watching this year. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a couple I like. I shout out before I watched like the Painter and the Thief, which is like about a uh, man who, like a, a woman painter and the man who stole one of her paintings, and like they develop a relationship together because she wants to paint him. It's a really interesting movie. Uh, Bloody Nose, Empty Pockets, which is like about the last night in the bar before it closes. Uh, it's all the regulars that are there. A movie that will really make you miss bars. Um, but the one I want to, mm. the one that's uh, on my list is um, a movie we talked about a bit um, when we did our like fall preview. Uh, oh. the, the Mole Agent. Uh, so, so this is a movie about like a um, detective uh, is asked to investigate if like the mother of her client is being abused in the old people's home um, in Chile, uh, Chile, um, and so he hires an octogenarian um, to go to the uh, to the old people's home and kind of invest like live there and investigate and it's being feel, filmed like it's uh they let them film because they think it's a documentary about the home but it's a documentary about the old man investigating and it's honestly one of uh it's it's a very cute heartwarming movie uh it's about this old man and the relationships he builds um it's not really about uh, um, abuse at all, but it's it's about like um, 
older people and how um, they're left kind of alone and to themselves and like their relationship they can build and the relationship they lose and it's it's a it's a really beautiful cute movie that i really enjoy this year uh one of like it's it's like super short it's like 90 minutes and it's, it was like just a perfect afternoon and i think about it a lot and i wanted to for me it's definitely on the list of the best movies i saw it, it seems like a good pick, and I almost watched this today before we were recording. It barely uh, made it into my watches. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's a movie I'm definitely going to circle back around to and watch very, very soon. Um, so I'm glad that it was on one of our lists, um, because it, it looked like a very interesting movie uh, and a very unusual movie that, uh, that that deserves some attention. So yeah, great pick. Do you want to move on to the next one? Uh, yes, I'll do my next one. Um, you're going to sense a theme with a lot of my early movies uh, that I put on here. Um, so, uh, also early last year, uh, February, um, Lee Winnell released a follow-up to uh, his uh, movie Upgrade, uh, 2020's The Invisible Man. Uh, a movie that most people have seen by now. Um, it really blew up and it became an experience. I saw this movie twice in the theaters, um, partially because I loved seeing it with an audience that first time and seeing it again and watching people react to the things that happen is an experience that I have been just uh, j- just savoring for the past 14, 15 months. Uh, and I've just been holding on to that feeling. Um, so yeah, like this definitely deserves that spot on my list. I think even in a regular year, in a year that wasn't the way that our 2020 was, this would probably still be on my list, just because of the experience I had both times in the theaters. Um, and Elizabeth Moss's performance, Lee Winnell's directing is spectacular. Uh, he really understands how to build tension. Um, and yeah, it's just a really, really solid movie that has no right to be as good as it is, seeing as it's part of Universal's whole remake thing. Um, but it, I think it really achieves everything it sets out for and more. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a movie I really wish I had seen and, but it is a movie that I've, uh, open like it's been on crave the like hbo max equivalent here and i mm-hmm. looked at it so many times on my queue and i'm like i can't do it it looks <laughs> it looks like a movie that's gonna <laughs> kind of it looks great because it looks like oppressing and intense and, and everything i feel like i did not really want to mm-hmm. watch this year um uh i right. wish I, I really wish i had seen it in theaters uh before before covid um but yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's just one that uh, that like never the right time uh, to watch it and mm. whenever i was wanting to watch something this felt like too much um yeah uh, but I'm glad you really enjoyed it, and you talking about it throughout the year really like it's on the top of my horror list. But it's like, <laughs> when am I gonna want to watch more horror? Uh, is the question. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. It's it's for some people. It's just a hard thing to watch most of the time. Um. So yeah. Uh. I'm sure you'll get to it. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll find a moment where it makes sense. Um. But I understand. I mean, it's. I yeah. mean, there's always Halloween. <laughs> well, I hope you don't wait that long. Uh. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe maybe they'll put it back in theaters once theaters open up again i wouldn't be surprised uh i mean hey they already were i think the one of the biggest box office movies of 2020 is is so why yeah. not go for a victory lap yeah. in 2021 yeah, yeah. Uh, i'll watch uh, it for sure go... I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it that much uh yeah yeah uh your next pick uh um my next pick is also an uh, Elizabeth Moss movie, um, Shirley. Um, oh. Uh, a movie uh, directed by Josephine Decker, who made um, Madeline's Madeline, which is one of the weirdest movie-watching experience I've ever had in a really good way. Um, a really intense movie. And Shirley is about uh, Shirley Jackson, the writer. Um, mm. uh, it's about like uh, a couple, a uh, young couple. The, the, the woman is pregnant. The man is uh, a young, um, wants to be a college professor. And they move into this university town where Shirley Jackson lives with her husband, played by... Um, so podcast favorite Michael Michael Stuhlbarg. Yeah. Um, and he's like he's like the really kind of shitty old college professor who's married to the um very paranoid, weird Shirley Jackson. Um and they have this really weird couple dynamic and it's like from the point of view of the young woman young pregnant woman who comes live with them and uh her husband is like trying to get a teacher's position at the college but he's probably cheating on her and she gets very close to to elizabeth moss shirley jackson and it's like a very intense weird house movie um uh even like cool love story at times, horror movie at times. It the tone is all over the place. Uh, the the camera work in like all her uh, and in like both of uh, Josephine Decker's movies, like really weird like things in and out of focus. It's just a very intense movie, but it's also a movie that has like real big highs and real in, intense moments and just like. For me, it really, yeah. it really hit this year. It's a movie like about, in a way, about the creative process and how like people are inspired by others, but also like about like um, uh, abuse and going out of it. And it's it's a, it's a, it's it's really it's really great. Uh, I I'd, I'd recommend it. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, pro- probably. I, again. I was also almost going to watch that one today as well. Uh, so yeah, that's a pattern I'm seeing. <laughs> it was very much, it was on the list. I watched, uh, I watched Nomadland instead. 
Um, so I don't think I picked wrong. I think I, I think either way I would have picked right. Um, again, I'm glad that it's on your list and I'm definitely going to watch it. Um, because again, Elizabeth Moss, really good, <laughs> really solid yes. actress. So yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, I can go to my next pick. If yes. With you. Uh, yeah. So now we're transitioning from those last few theatrical movies that I saw. Um, to one of the first movies I remember watching in quarantine. Um, I don't know when it was released for the rest of the world, um, but it hit Amazon Prime around the time that everything was shutting down. Um, back when I was saying that we would get to see Black Widow in May. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, this is a this is a movie called After Midnight. Um, I don't know if I've talked about it a lot uh, or to you. I, I think I might have brought it up. Uh, I think I brought it up on a couple episodes of Zone. Um, but this is a movie directed by Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella, um, and it's produced by Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, uh, two directors who I love outside of producing this. It also co-stars Henry Zbrowski and Jeremy Gardner, who I said is the director, is also the star of the movie, as well as Bria Grant. And it's a it's not really a horror movie in much in the way that a lot of the Moorhead and Benson movies aren't really horror. They're not horror with a capital H, I guess, is the best way I would describe it. They're more genre. They use a lot of horror elements, but they tend to be sort of more romantic comedies, dramedies, uh, things of that nature. Not necessarily mumblecore, because it's a little bit better written <laughs> than a lot of mumblecore. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is a movie about a man whose wife seemingly disappears um, after a couple years of marriage, uh, and he just doesn't know where she is. She doesn't leave a note. She doesn't tell him what's going on. Um, or where she's going. Uh, and shortly after she leaves, this monster starts attacking his house and trying to get in, clawing at the doors and all kinds of things. And it becomes this dude trying to deal with grief while fending off this just strange creature that he can't identify and that he can't get anybody to believe him uh, exists. Um, and it's kind of just a, really interesting ride i really enjoyed this movie months ago and i've watched it a couple times since then um and yeah it's a movie that i highly recommend people check out um definitely deserves a place on this list uh and yeah and if you're someone who does know uh the benson and moorhead stuff uh there's little bits of little hints and little uh easter eggs in there for, for people that know know their other work so yeah Mm, that's uh, that sounds interesting. I don't think I heard you mention this movie at all, actually. Uh, this I, might, I think I might have meant to bring it up a couple of times. Um, yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a Shutter original now. Um, it's it's also there. So for people people who know how much I love Shutter, um, it's a great watch there. Uh, yeah, I don't really have any any additional thoughts other than. Watch this movie if you're at all interested. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it, it does sound interesting. I'll, I'll 
I add to my li- <laughs> my long list of Shutter movies I'll watch whenever I <laughs> like the month I'll get Shutter to watch something specific. I'll just like binge through all these. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, good pick, yeah. Uh, interesting pick. I again a movie I have not heard about at all, so that's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. It's not the biggest. Like, I, I, I'm not sure if I had not heard of, I have not heard about it at all, or mm. bring us so many horror films that I just like. I'm sure. Yeah, like, yeah, that might like, be. This is those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a, it's certainly something I know I've brought up a couple times in passing. Um, uh, for example, the movie Synchronic, which is by the producers of this movie is one that almost came onto this list, uh, but it just came out very firmly in 2021 uh, for me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, um, but I've, I've talked a lot. I've talked at length about them in general. They also produced um, She Dies Tomorrow. Same, same people uh, were behind the production of that movie. Um, and uh, they're both, I think they're in that movie, actually, come to think of it. They're in that movie and the producer and Adam Wingard is in that movie at some point. Um, pretty sure. Uh, so yeah. Uh, on to your list, to the next yeah. one on your list, if you're right. um, yeah. My number seven is um, never, rarely, sometimes, always. Um, nice. An excellent movie. Uh, uh, of uh, directed by Elsa Hitman with uh, Sidney Flanagan and Talia Ryder playing like a Sidney Flanagan plays like a young girl that, um got pregnant and has to uh, realize it's too late that she's pregnant. Um, uh, not realize, realize that she's pregnant and uh, because she's 17 and doesn't want her mother to know, has to cross state lines to go to New York to get an abortion. And her cousin uh, slash childhood friend, uh, Talia Ryder, played by Talia Ryder, comes with her. Um, and it's about that basically two-day trip to New York and the process of getting that abortion. It's a pretty intense movie. Uh, it's uh, it's but it's shot with and it's the story is told with so much empathy and so much care and the relationship between the two, especially, is portrayed with like such complicity and love and you can feel it while watching the movie uh, yeah it's a really a really beautiful very very important movie uh, really really worth watching yeah i i this is one that i got a chance to see it didn't make my list but um i agree with everything you said there um very strong performances from the leads and so on and sharon van Etten comes in real quick to play the mom <laughs> Um, which was <laughs> a nice little moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I really like a lot of the stuff that a lot, a lot of way that they play all of that. Um, and the way that they play like small town life or middle town life. Um, and just, yeah, yeah that's a very good movie. Um, highly recommend people go watch and give it a shot. Uh, yeah. Uh, on HBO Max here in America, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, and on yeah. Crave the equivalent here. Um, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, it's a really, really, really uh, good movie. Um, do you want to move on to your next pick? Yeah, I want to make sure that I got the right one. Okay, um, so because I have a couple that aren't locked down yet, we're going to jump to a movie from late in 2020. Uh, and it's going to be... It's going to be a lot of horror for, for the next guy. So it's all movies that I've seen. Um, this is one that uh, I know uh, a friend of the show, uh, Tayo, uh, also enjoyed. Uh, he really loved this movie. Uh, directed by Remy Weeks. Uh, written by Toby Venables and Felicity, Felicity Evans. Um, this is the movie His House, uh, which is a title that i've confused with a million other movies <laughs> uh it was a netflix original um and it's really really good uh it stars uh one of the leads from lovecraft country and another actor who i haven't seen anything else and matt smith as as a <laughs> as a as a minor role as a uh, uh shitty british white dude uh so uh the role that he's made for <laughs> Uh, I love Matt Smith, just to be clear. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it's a movie about two people from, I want to get the country right, but I believe it's South Sudan, um, somewhere in North Africa. I'll be, I'll be a little bit vague there, uh, who uh, get, uh, I think it's a, uh, what is it called? They get visas. They get temporary visas and housing in England um, after escaping genocide there in in this in South Sudan. Yes, uh, and the house that they get placed in uh, is also haunted, um, <laughs> and it's a really interesting movie. Uh, they play with all of the all of the aspects of the movie. They make it very explicitly sort of political in the ways that it can be but it, it's also very much a ghost movie it is not a ghost purely as metaphors type thing um there's real supernatural shit going on <laughs> that's very creepy um one of the creepiest movies of last year i would say um really really good just really good we we've talked at length about how netflix movies are better than i think a lot of people think yeah. that they are this is one of those ones that proves that netflix they, they pick some good stuff and they know how to find diamonds in the rough and this is a movie people should absolutely check out um fantastic movie super scary <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if you don't watch this one um yeah because it's, it's, it's another one that i have had on my list and on my queue and i'm like yeah not always in the right mood for horror but um it's, yeah it's it's, uh, it's also with the invisible man at the top why this since both you and um, tayo recommended it yeah yeah it's really good <laughs> really good movie uh we can go on to your next pick we don't have yeah. to stay uh, for too long my next pick i talked about on this show uh earlier this year is the complete opposite of a horror movie uh, my next pick is first cow um <laughs> have, you, have you had the chance to see it uh, since we talked yes about yeah yeah i did get uh, to see it it's a very enjoyable movie very yeah. fun time. <laughs> yeah first cow is such a sweet movie it's like it's, yes it's about like uh, a male friendship and just mm -hmm. like 
diving into a pair of characters that are just like that basically found each other and found partnership and it's just like and about a relationship with a cow and it's so <laughs> um uh it's it's a Kelly Reichardt movie it's set in um when would you what would you use to describe the setting i'm not necessarily familiar it's, um, it's, it's a yeah, western it's the it's definitely british columbia when yeah. when the border was not there was a period of time where england and america were like what the fuck ever <laughs> who cares about a border <laughs> they were like just whatever who cares uh, and it's it's that area of uh of the of the united states north america uh in general um and it's uh and yeah it's a it's a it's a fun little movie about frontier life and i wouldn't i guess fun is a little bit too much but it, i i get what you mean it's very sweet and it's not a lot of like just meanness or cruelty for the most part um the yeah it's just a lot of people just just like doing their best (laughs) doing what they can with what they got it's about people (laughs) doing their best and just the portrayal of their relationship of them trying like they're like uh it's about two the two characters are called cookie and lou and cookie is like a baker and is kind of has no real place uh that far west um, until he meets Lou and um, and Cookie's like uh, he, they they both start stealing milk from uh, the one local cow at night and using it to make cookies and selling those cookies to make money to eventually open a bakery and it's just again very very sweet it's very you you get to, it it's so slow and you just spend so much time yeah. these characters seeing them do the little things seeing them be happy and like it's a real beautifully shot film and it's just like a, yeah. again the film equivalent of a like a warm hug in a way <laughs> yeah it's a warm it's... hug and yeah I, I like the little bit of uh film magicianry that goes on where you forget how the movie begins yeah. uh, so when you get to the end you're like oh that's right <laughs> they, they told me what was gonna happen um but uh, yeah i really enjoyed it i enjoyed good old toby jones showing up uh to really british the place up uh that was nice uh yeah just whole cast is really solid yeah. and uh john mcgarro i feel like he always plays like <laughs> shitty mobster dude or like a serial killer or something uh so it was nice to see him just play like a he's a good guy <laughs> you know relatively yeah, he's, he's the, a, the softest man you'll ever see in a good way yeah yeah it's really nice um yeah good for everybody involved and i'm glad that this is on your list i'm glad that we got yeah. to bring it up again and give give it more attention uh now to go back to the horror <laughs> and the <laughs> and the uh and the unnervingness um so uh brandon cronenberg released a film this year um a film called possessor uh uh did you get a chance to watch this yeah, uh, I, watched it I assume okay okay you did great yeah, i watched it today yeah, yeah. Uh, okay yeah what did you think i want to i want to get your thoughts real quick and then then i can talk about it. Um, i think it was 
really intense and really good uh, and i enjoyed it a lot i think it's like um again maybe not my first pick of the type of movie i'd want to watch now but i'm glad you picked this one of the few that uh we talked about to watch i think this this really hit i think it's like yeah especially after talking cronenberg so much last year uh, mm-hmm. like this feels like kind of the 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 next the, like the modern version of that in like such yes. a such a well-made way um mm-hmm. uh, yeah it, it feels like an evolution but it doesn't feel like he's just copying <laughs> david yes, exactly. uh, uh it, it feels like a its own thing at the same time um yeah i just i really love this movie i think the cast is fantastic um i think Christopher Abbott and Andrea Riseborough are there. There's something weird about the way that their performances sync up. Um, it's not something that's unusual in acting. Um, but I think that if it didn't work as well as it does, a lot of this movie wouldn't be as good as it is. Um, a lot of it would fall flat if they weren't both really selling the moments where they're supposed to be playing each other. Um, and the sort of disorientation and the sense of um, remove that you get throughout the movie is very effective. Um, I think Brandon Cronenberg really excels at compelling visuals um, in more of a broad sense, maybe, than David. Uh, And maybe maybe that's based off of not enough data, but I think that his his visual palette is more diverse in a lot of ways that are really surprising and really enjoyable to watch. And there are things going on in this movie (laughs) that are just insane to look at. Um, And there are moments that just, uh, they feel plucked right out of the ether um, that I really, I really got some, some, um, some interesting vibes from this movie. Some things are said about uh about current society uh that i uh that uh, have stuck with me since and there's so many moments in this that uh i, I still think about and this earned a spot on my top 10 yeah. certainly so there, there's yeah. a scene with teeth that made me cringe the most of anything <laughs> i watched this year uh for sure um and also we don't really do best performance uh but if we did like Christopher Abbott in this movie is just incredible and the whole movie is yeah. almost the whole movie is on him playing like playing like three different characters inhabiting yeah. his body and he does it really really well yeah and then you have like Jennifer Jason Lee sneaking in there to just just uh just uh she she comes in sean bean shows up to not die that i don't know if that's a spoiler <laughs> but he doesn't die uh <laughs> depending on how you want to interpret things that happen <laughs> but yeah uh so yeah great movie people should go check that out uh uh i think we can go to your next one <laughs> if yeah. you want um my next one is a movie I think I mentioned a bit uh, on this show, I don't know how much, uh, Bacurau, um, the Brazilian movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you brought it up, yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah, this is a movie that I, like I watched a few months ago and has just like stayed with me. It's um about uh it's it's set in like a near future. It's uh, like there's a bit of sci-fi, but like just like a tiny bit. Again, set in the near future, um in a small village um in uh, Brazil that has been cut off from basically the rest of the world and it's uh, and some um white people decide to like that basically hunt people for sport decide to like they isolate the the town completely and uh try to kill everyone in it um for just for pure sport and it's it's very much uh, like a colonial metaphor in a way uh, it's a very kind of intense movie. Uh, like the 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 first the first act is very much like trying to understand what's going on, but once you do, you're dealing with a lot of racism, but also like a lot of community. It's a movie that's so much about that, about like uh, community, about kind of uh small scale communism in a way like banding together and like helping each other live and like that like when faced with people from the outside how does that community live through it um uh we thought we mentioned tayo but uh i hardly i i highly recommend reading his review of it i think it's very very good uh, but yeah a movie that i immediately liked one of the best like uh it's not i don't know if i'd call it an action movie but it has like some mm. intense action intense gore and like people like it, it it ends in a really satisfying way so a movie that i i I'd highly recommend i think you'll like it it's on um criterion channel if people want to watch it uh so yeah mm. Macrow. Uh, great yeah. Brazilian film. Yeah, it's it's on my list of things to watch. Um, I know you hi- highly recommend it. I'm glad that it's on the list though, because it does look very interesting. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it though. Uh, I guess we can go to my next one if that's if that's if that works. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, wow, I did not see that before. Um. <clears throat> Uh, so, uh, 2020, uh, towards the end of the year, brought us uh, the sequel to uh, Train to Busan, uh, which is titled Peninsula. Um, I guess people did not like it as much as Train to Busan. I did not realize that. I'm looking at the critical stuff for the first time now. Um, but I really loved it. <laughs> I I really dug this movie. Um, I've been making the comparison of... Night of the Living Dead versus Dawn of the Dead with this movie quite a bit. Um, because I think it does a lot of the same stuff. It expands on the themes and the ideas of the first movie in much the same way. Um, it it really picks apart the idea of you know society sort of falling apart and people's morals falling apart, but it doesn't it doesn't fall into a lot of the traps that say a show like the walking dead falls into. Um, 
and it remains very human and very based in in aspects of humanity that are very important um well, at the same time, it's just a blast. It's just a blast of a movie. It does stuff with zombies that you that you wouldn't expect. It goes places that Train to Busan sort of hints at. Um, and it's just a very enjoyable, but also in some places, heartbreaking movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I really, really loved it. I, I'm happy to see a further exploration of uh, of this content or this concept um, or whatever the structure does. Uh, so yeah, that's Peninsula and that is on my list now. Uh, did um, you get around to seeing this at all? Or was this, it a... so, so when you talked about it, when you, you talked about it on this show a few months ago, I was like, I really wanted to watch it. And I, I completely forgot this movie came out. Actually, like, I, I don't <laughs> think I've thought about watching this. Like, I feel like this is something I would have just watched many many times when i was looking for something to watch and now i'm like <laughs> i regret it <laughs> uh, yeah I, I i'm wondering if the critical reaction that i just realized was negative is part of that if they just didn't market it nearly as much or yeah, I, if, something if I, I did see the negative uh critic but like i i had i put it on my list when you mentioned you when you talked about it uh but yeah Again, it just like completely escaped me in a weird way. It is a movie that I saw many, many ads for it, it playing in theaters in like October. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I think maybe I was trying to erase that association in my mind. But yeah, I'll, I'll, mm. I'm gonna watch that for sure. That's that, that's like sounds like a good. I might. I, I'm probably gonna rewatch Train to Busan and watch it as well but, yeah uh yeah I'll, I'll, this is one i'll get to for sure Great. um uh <laughs> yeah your next one uh, uh <clears throat> my next one is okay i'm at a point where like i'm not sure of the order of the next couple um but mm. okay my, my next one is a movie i uh one of the last movies i saw in movie theaters like uh i don't necessarily sure it counts in 2020 but it was by far my best 2020 theater experience so uh, fuck it uh, it's a <laughs> portrait of a lady on fire portrait de la jeune fille en feu um i'll give you this one yeah. <laughs> you can have it <laughs> yeah I, th I think it came out in february here anyway it doesn't really matter it's like it it's not the last movie I saw in theater, but it the it's the last. It is mine. It is uh, the last. <laughs> I watched on onward, <laughs> so my last is onward. But uh, it's the last great movie I saw in theaters, and right. the, the experience has really stayed with me. Uh, in a, in a, in a really good way. It's like a um, yeah. Uh, so if. For people who are not familiar, it's a French movie uh, set in like I don't know, 18th, 19th century. Um, uh, a, a, a woman painter is hired to to uh, paint a young woman, and they're uh, uh, because she they need the the uh, painting as a picture for her future husband. Uh, as like basically uh, 18th century Instagram 
That's what's happening. <laughs> uh, yes. And, and like both the women uh, fall in love with each other, and it's just a, a yeah. beautiful film. It's it it presents a a, wor a world that basically exists without men. You don't see any men in this movie for like I'd say ninety five percent of it. Uh, to the point that yeah. when you do, you feel like <laughs> it feels like the space is being invaded in a way. Um, and so the re the relationship between these two women uh, is is so great. The performances are incredible. They have this um, maid-ish uh, character that lives with them. And their relationship with her is also really good and it's about it, it it gets to be about class in that way and it has i think it's in the last like he, two years i i haven't had many many more transcendent movie experience that uh that this movie brought this movie is just like there's there's moments of this film the images that will just stick with me i think yeah uh, forever um i got the criterion blu-ray and it's still an incredible movie uh, and if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it uh you also uh, you 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 also have this as like your last remaining theater experience so yes uh, <laughs> so we both like share the share the the this like is that like i want i want that again <laughs> yes yeah, yeah, that I mean I miss all of it. I miss every aspect of going to the theaters. Um but being able to see a movie like that one night and then later in the week going to see a Marvel movie <laughs> is uh, something I really miss. <laughs> I really miss having both of those experiences and sometimes in very close proximity. Um that's something that I'm eager to get back to. Um uh, yeah. Yeah, very much so. And that was that was a great movie to possibly go out on, <laughs> uh, to possibly end seeing theatrical experiences, uh, because that's still in shaky ground there. Uh, but uh, yeah, very much. Uh, I'm glad with that pick. I I was worried at first because I thought that you had put it on your list for last year, but I wasn't entirely sure. So no, no, it was, uh, yeah. yeah. We did we did our list last year before it came out, so uh, I felt right. like fit this year. Um, That's right. I, I, I yeah. had to be on one of those two lists. That's, right. That's yeah. Getting on it. Um, yeah. Do you want to move on to your next pick? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. I will dip into my movies that were a little bit unsure uh, that weren't locked down. Uh, this is one I'm going to go. I'm going to jump backwards a little bit into 2020. Uh, this is another one that was sort of around that after midnight area. And I've been talking about this one definitely since last year. Uh, Daniel isn't real. Um, one of my favorite movies of last year. Um, I'm very much on Adam Egypt Mortimer's uh, Deke now uh because i loved his last movie that he put out very recently which is called uh arch enemy which is a movie where joe manganello plays like a 
a, a guy who thinks he's like Superman. Uh, so that's, that's a movie that people need to go see as well. Um, I'll, I'll bring that up probably next year on next year's list. Uh, but Daniel isn't real is a movie about uh, Miles Robbins as the character of Luke. Um, and Luke has an imaginary friend from a very early age who is hinted at from the very beginning as being something malevolent. Um, and as an adult, he's played by Patrick Schwarzenegger, who is literally just Arnold Schwarzenegger, but thinner. Uh, he's he's just him like stretched out on a taffy machine. Um, and as you can imagine, that is terrifying. Um, his <laughs> He has this terrifying malevolent presence throughout the movie there's something also magnetic about him much the way that schwarzenegger was magnetic arnold i mean was magnetic uh in his younger days um and uh it's a movie that is burned into my retinas because of some of the moments that happen uh some of the best horror of last year but just a really solid movie again a movie i've seen many times sense um that is worth checking out especially if you have a shutter account um fantastic performances all around uh and again i'm very much looking forward to whatever this director does next because he's got some interesting stuff going on in his brain um and i'm i'm very curious to to see the next the next stage of that so yeah uh that, that's my pick I want to go to your next one. Yeah, um, my next one, my number three um, is Emma with one M. I, need, I feel like I need to to uh, to specify yeah. because there's also Emma with two M's. But yeah, Emma with one M is a, a Chilean movie um, directed by Pablo Lorraine, uh, who you may know from directing Jackie. Um, mm. He uh, it's um, a movie. This this is the movie with the most intense, I'd, I'd say, plot of maybe any of anything I saw last year for sure. But of like almost any movie I've ever seen. Like the reveals in this movie are not the reveals, but like the the premise of it is completely insane. So. Uh, Emma, like Emma, the, the character is a she's a dancer that's married to uh, the director of the dance company for which uh, that she performs for, uh, but they are getting uh, separated uh, because they tried adopting a child, uh, and the child uh, basically had a, a pyro uh, pyromanic. Uh, tendencies and tried to burn down the house and almost killed uh, Emma's sister. Um, so they, they, they basically had to. Uh, they didn't have to, but they basically, uh, I don't know, returned their child to child services uh, after that incident. But they're still completely broken by it, uh, and their relationship is broken. Um, through it uh, and uh but emma can't like leave the child behind in her mind uh even though he has already been adopted by someone else so she makes a plan of seducing 
both the parents, both the new parents of the child and uh, and like inserting herself in the life of that family so that it she like so they become a huge a big family together it's completely insane but it's genius it's incredible it's like uh, uh mariana di Girolamo plays emma and she gives i think my favorite performance of anything i've seen this year um mm. gal garcia bernal uh is plays her husband and he's super good and it's it's a movie that's uh because it's a movie about dance it's like all intersected by like there's many dance sequence in the movie the soundtrack is by um nicolas jarre who's like one of my favorite music producers as well uh, incredible soundtrack uh it's the the images of it just watch the trailer and you'll be convinced like it's incredibly shot it's one of my favorite movie watching experience I've had this year and one of like it's so intense it's so uh sensual and sexual and like very like raw in all the emotions and it's there there's some like like there are scenes that feel like almost uh pornographic in a way uh but and there are scenes that feel like so sweet and and lovely and small moments of uh, her with the child and it's it's yeah it's it's for sure one of my favorite movies of the year one of the one of the wildest things i've ever seen also on screen uh yeah um that sounds sounds like a good pick i i struggled to even find this movie anywhere. <laughs> i did try to i, I was like not having any luck with that, so I would have watched it. Um, but I, I'm glad that it's on the list, and people can still go and get a get get the word out to to, to watch that movie. Um, and I look forward to seeing it if it ever comes out here. In some I think it's on Mubi, but and now who has Mubi? Oh, uh, right, exactly. Um, I know of nobody who has Mubi. Um. It- might be worth getting the free trial. I want to watch get a free trial to watch um, Dead Pigs, the Katian movie, oh. which came out finally yeah. like three years later. We <laughs> <laughs> on movies, <laughs> so yeah, I'll probably <laughs> do that at some point this year. Um, but yeah, Emma, really worth watching. I think uh, uh, between that and my the last two movies. Uh, I really hesitated like it could have been my number one easily i think uh but yeah great number three uh do you want to move on to your next pick uh yeah sure uh my next pick is uh the sound of metal or i guess it's just sound of metal um i i keep putting the in there <laughs> now i think about this movie uh so yeah sound of metal uh starring riz Ahmed, who I love uh, in most things, uh, co-written by uh, Derek C. in France, who's a who's a very good writer, uh, and uh, also co-written by the director Darius Marder. Uh, Marder, I don't know, uh, and uh, also has Olivia Cook in there as a as a one of the co-stars, and uh, a cast I assume of people who are non-speaking or or deaf. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a movie about a punk metal drummer uh, who is slowly losing his hearing um, and him sort of adjusting to that. Um, and also having to deal with keeping his sobriety uh, intact uh, while going through this thing that is very emotional for him as a hearing person. Um, so yeah, uh, kind of a heavy-ish drama, or at least that's what you would think, but it's I found it very um, uplifting in a couple of places. Uh, I found a lot of the... A lot of the way that it focuses on this community that a lot of people don't seem to really think that much about. Um, I, I like the way that they handle that. Um, it's a very depth, uh, depth uh, portrayal of a lot of these people. Um, and it's and it's a story that uh, it doesn't have a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, writerly <laughs> hangups. It doesn't like try to lean on false drama. Um, characters do things and they react the way that people react to things. Um, and nothing feels unnecessary or forced. Um, and in a movie that feels like it's going for naturalism, uh, that really works out here. And Derek C. in France continues his obsession with dudes who are very tatted up, um, which, <laughs> fair enough, I, I, I respect it. Uh, so yeah, and it's a very... It's a, it's a star piece for Riz. He really fucking nails it. And he has the energy of every punk metal person that I've ever fucking met <laughs> down to a T. Uh, it feels like second nature to him. Um, uh, so, yeah, a very good movie uh, that I highly recommend. Uh, and, uh, yeah, oddly you know, affirming, especially at the end. The end is uh, is one of the better endings to a movie I've seen in a couple yeah. of years now. Yeah, that's a movie I tried to watch this week and got like twenty minutes in, and I was having a very bad week, mental health wise, and it's like I could not, I could not deal with watching it. Uh, I'll get back to it soon for sure uh, because it it does feel like the kind of movie I, I like, but uh, yeah, just not, <laughs> just not the right time. <laughs> that's all it was. Um, uh, when he goes, uh, when it transitions from the doctor telling him to mm. try to not uh, go through any loud noises, and it transitions to him drumming at the concert, and I'm like, no, I can't deal with that. <laughs> it's yeah, it, it hits. It it hit like a part of me uh that's like did not need this this week specifically uh but uh yeah. it's what i'll get to uh, in a week or two again probably before the oscars will maybe we'll if we end up doing an oscars episode we'll get a chance to talk about it uh then yeah yeah that, yeah i can't wait um <laughs> i actually do want to hear your your full thoughts on the full movie yeah. um yeah yeah, uh, I guess we can go to your next pick. Yeah. My number two is... Um, uh, so I I talked uh, at first about Tenet, about the, the it being like one of the closest thing I've had this year to, like, I'd say since last March, to like a, watching a big movie in theater, like having that experience, mm. that intense experience at I home. I know what it's going to be then. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
<laughs> do you? I don't know. Uh, but uh, you, you want to guess? Yeah, I'll be curious. <laughs> uh, did you pick the old guard? <laughs> no, I did not actually. Uh, <laughs> Damn, you're pretty close in a way uh, because it's also a Netflix <laughs> movie, and it's the Five Bloods. Uh, Spike Lee, the Five oh. Bloods. Uh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that's that's like a movie that felt that really felt like I was watching uh, something like larger than mm-hmm. life, and having that full experience watching it at home. Like I watched it like a Friday night. The Friday it came out, I think, or the Saturday, by myself mm. with some popcorn. Got really into it, and that's like not only yeah. it, did I just have that experience, but also I think it's an incredible movie. I think. Uh, yeah, I think the performance, the performances in it um, are just uh, are just some of the best I've seen this year. I think, um, especially the the Rory Lindo. Uh, yes, he's he gives like the full the the, the he gives like a a movie like a, a basically a career high performance i think like something like i've you rarely see it like this and you have like the small moments uh, and the build-up to the big um his big solo speech and it's the the build-up up to that and that release and all of it feels incredible and like i think the way like he talks about vietnam talks about that generation um it, it, he it truly has like uh, um a way to put you in their place um i think the like everyone in it is like so good again like chadwick boseman uh just like his his short his short moments are like filled with life and filled with that energy of that actor uh jonathan majors who i've grown to really like more and more um yeah. seeing him i think last year or a couple of years ago in the last black man in san francisco uh yeah just like one of the biggest and best movies of the year i think uh and i i hesitated long to put it actually at number one um uh but uh, yeah it's it's still like just a, a fantastic movie yeah it's a very good movie um i'm not going to say it's not on my list cuz i might pull an ollie and just <laughs> and just be like throw this other movie that i'm considering away uh and because i've i've been thinking i i've watched it much more recently than you uh a lot of moments are just like burned into my skull uh, John Renault wearing a MAGA hat will forever be in my psyche. Uh, <laughs> uh, just uh, so good. Um, many moments in that movie, though, were just like, yeah, yeah, that's that's fucking great. I, it's one of those times where in another year, I would be very angry that Netflix isn't putting it in a theater because it feels so much like a theatrical movie. Um, and I would really want them to like, put it in IMAX screen so I could watch it there Um, because it feels like Spike Lee's response to every other Vietnam movie that's ever existed. Um, But it specifically feels like almost the other side of apocalypse now in a a way. Um, Specifically the stuff that is in Vietnam. It's like 
these are the guys who were over to the side. <laughs> uh this is what was happening there uh and yeah just the way that it seamlessly transitions between one and the other um i didn't notice that i i just totally blanked out on the fact that these older actors were just playing themselves in their younger versions um it just it just faded into the background for me um and yeah this is a very strong movie jonathan major's is fucking fantastic. This is the year of Jonathan Majors. Uh, <laughs> this is this is his year, and I'm very happy about it um, because he's fucking great and everything. Uh, so yeah, great pick. It might end up being on my list. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's weird to say that. Um, yeah. And so so the initial thing with this movie is that Spike Lee wanted to make it with like all the big heavy hitters it was supposed to be a denzel movie with john right. david washington with giancarlo esposito with like a bunch of like big stars mm-hmm. playing everyone and they couldn't yeah. um like netflix wanted the movie earlier so it ended up being like all these really good character actors and i think it's even better for it i think a denzel yeah. version of this movie doesn't hit as strong because it's denzel right i think just right these these being like actors you've seen before but like they there aren't like the people that they are except chad for chadwick boseman who's right who still like feels lost in that character right. in a way you 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 forget even that he's, he was uh like mm-hmm. it and um i i haven't had the uh, I think I watched it before. Uh, did I watch it before he passed away? That feels like, uh, yeah, I, I watched it before he passed away, but I, I feel like rewatching it now would hit mm. even more. Um, his performance would resonate even more. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I would have. It 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 felt different. Um, yeah. it felt different. And, um, on the note of the, I think it works better with the character actors because, and I don't know if this is weird. Uh, in my head, the Denz the Denzels and the Espositos, that's who you get to play the people that did die in the seventies. If that makes sense, if, if, I don't yeah. know if that's a weird thing to say. Um, like those people died already i don't know i don't know that that might just be the way that my brain works but it almost works better because it's these are the people that are that survived these are the people that made it out and the heroes are usually the people that die and those actors that you mentioned are people who i would traditionally cast as the heroes or the the people that end up dying for sacrificing themselves for something that they don't necessarily feel the need or feel the want to sacrifice themselves for, um, which is one of the themes of the movie. Uh, Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that also the time I wish I watched it uh, around like large black lives matter protest. Yes. The film that it's a film that's so much about uh, like the modern ideological position Mm -hmm. of, uh, of a black man in America um, it pairs also yeah. really well with, I think, uh, One Night in Miami, if you've seen that. Uh, but yep. 
in that way. Uh, but yeah, such a, a very, a very great, a great movie. Uh, the probably the biggest snub at the Oscars, and like the only one that I feel like yes felt like yeah a real big snub um, because it, it yeah. deserves to be there. It de- definitely that that is where I'm almost pushed to put this on my list because I'm like, why did the Oscars not at least acknowledge that this movie is great? I don't understand why it's not nominated for like all of the awards. It's 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 distracting um, and annoying. Uh, yeah, <laughs> do you want me to go to my next pick? Yeah, go to your uh, next one. Yeah. Uh, so this is one that I saw just today. Um, and, uh, it's, it, it caused me to make not one, but three different, uh, uh Twitter posts, all of the similar, uh, characters and, uh, n- nouns. Uh, so the, the Thomas Vinterberg movie, another round, uh, starring, uh, Mads motherfucking Mickelson, uh, <laughs> and a bunch of other Danish guys who I don't, I don't know. I don't know them from anything. Uh, and it's a it's a real romp of a movie, uh, light on the light drama, uh, where uh, Mads is one of four uh, high school teachers or whatever the Danish equivalent is, um, who decide to undergo this experiment um, where they test out the theory that human beings are meant to live with 0.05 percent. Uh, blood alcohol level um and it goes from there (laughs) things occur because of that uh and it's it's a really interesting movie about these four guys who feel like genuine lifelong friends uh mads mikkelsen carries a lot of the weight in this movie and he's He's funny and he's interesting, but he's also sullen and a little emo in some places. And just he does just so much with his face. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just uh, it's a very good performance from him. It's a great ensemble. It's very well written, as far as I can tell. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's just a, a really enjoyable movie that I suggest people watch. I like that it doesn't fall into a lot of i guess clichés about alcohol. I like that alcohol isn't necessarily it never becomes like the villain of the movie for the most part. Um the problems and the conflicts in the movie are things that would have been there regardless. Um and I, yeah, it's just a very affirming movie, a very uh you know, light movie. I think you, I think this is a movie very much for this moment that I think you would very much enjoy. Um, and yeah, it's a good movie. So go check it out. If you're a mad head, like I am, you will extra enjoy it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I love mods. I really want to watch this. I just one that I have another chance, but hearing about how light it is, because it feels like one of those, like maybe starts off light and then it will be kind of depressing movies. Uh, but mm. but uh, hearing that it's not does make me want to watch it a lot more. Uh, mm-hmm. I, as someone who got really <laughs> into like <laughs> wine, let's say, I'll, I'll, yes, 
I'll say wine during this pandemic. It might hit a bit too close, but who knows? That's I really want to watch it. Uh, again, yes. another one I think we'll talk about when we talk about uh, if we end yeah. when we end up doing an, an episode about like the Oscar movies. Yeah, yeah. Again, in a similar situation, <laughs> I very much have embraced alcohol once again, and I I watched this with a light hangover from drinking last night, and I. <laughs> And in no way did that affect my enjoyment of the movie. The 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 darker, deeper stuff, the stuff that gets a little bit dark is all related to just general life. Just yeah. basic stuff that has nothing to do with alcoholism. Okay. With like one thing, one thing, but even then, like the way that they treat it, alcoholism isn't the cause. It's other stuff going on. So yeah, it's it's a I, I loved it. I, I love this movie. It's a very good movie. It I was instantly like, yeah, this is on my list. This has to be there. Uh, because I'll be honest, I was struggling to find movies. Uh, so yeah, uh, this was this is a good pick. Uh, I guess uh, your final movie of the night. Yeah, my, uh, my yeah. favorite movie of last year. Uh, maybe of no surprise if you listen to like our podcast last year, but it's uh, I'm thinking of ending, ending things. Uh, the Charlie Kaufman movie. Uh, yeah. I think that movie just stayed with me throughout the year. We went in depth about it. It's like a, a movie that's like about like death and memories and relationships and how we perceive relationships in the past. And uh, I went through big relationships change last year. And <laughs> I went in, in, in a year where I think a lot of us questioned our mortality more than and at any other time, mm. for a long period of time, I think it was the movie for the year. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it just, uh, I, I, I think I still think about it all the time. It's just, uh, uh, yeah. the performance events are incredible. Like the style, I, I love the, vi- I love it visually. I love how it portrays memory loss through like, uh, uh like memory lost through the at the end of the life, like the way like how we remember things not as like one like linear thing, but as a series of events. And when we remember, we go from one to the other in the same way this movie does, and like it, it portrays it in a in such a brilliant way. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's my favorite movie of last year. I I really really loved it. Yeah. Um, because I'm proud of us for not making this a two-hour podcast. <laughs> this is uh, this is uh, on my list now. <laughs> because why not? Well, why not? That's just that's just call it good. Uh, no, this is a good movie. Uh, it's grown with me a lot. I was sort of you know I I appreciated it as a piece of art when we talked about it initially. I enjoyed the things about it that uh that are very enjoyable and interesting. Um, but I think a lot of the imagery has really stuck with me. Um, I, I still love, uh, what, what was it? The cartoon pig or whatever, the animated pig, uh, <laughs> top tier character. uh, just so many, so much great imagery, the way that it uses the, again, the medium, uh, Netflix really knows how to encourage directors to do crazy shit with their movies. Um, as our, both of our lists demonstrate clearly. Um, and I love Jesse uh, Buckley, Buckley and Jesse Plemons, uh, and uh, even David Lewis and Tony Collette. Uh, all four of them really just 
uh, they, they do so much with what they have. Um, and yeah, it's just a, it's a very uh, interesting movie that I, I don't know if I'll watch it again, but I'll definitely think about it a lot going forward. Um, yeah. I, I think that's one. I don't know if I'll watch alone, but I want to watch to show someone. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that being the, that kind of movie where you're just at somebody's place or something, or you're out and about, and they're like, and you're yeah. talking about movies, and you pull up a scene or something or a clip, and you're like, "Oh, have you never seen this?" It, it definitely yeah. feels like that kind of movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think some of the imagery was just again, like same as you, just really stuck with me. Uh, the getting the ice cream in the blizzard. Uh, yes. Uh, the but like it's also the small things for me like it's like the conversations in the car and like the like the the the, the split between like what is happening in her head and the conversation and like it feels like it's seven conversations <laughs> happening at the same time because it's all lost and it's yeah just a just a beautiful film i i really i i kind of that's that stuck with me um and yeah, one of the best things I saw last year, independent of new or not. Uh, really yeah. love Charlie Kaufman movies, and I think like this yeah. this may be my favorite. Interesting. <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, I don't know if I can disagree or not. Um, it's a very, it's a very. It's a very Kaufman movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's him. It's yes. him on his bullshit. Yes, no, it's him. <laughs> I, I, I watched. Um, I watched a round, the round table with a couple of other directors talking about it, uh, including like Link, uh, including Kaufman, and I think Linklater and a couple of other directors were like asking him about the movie and talking about like how much they loved it and it's it, it also like something that made me see it differently and see different interpretations of it um like it made me like it even more uh, mm. uh yeah so <laughs> i think that's that's 10 for both of us um Yes. Do you, do you have any honorable mentions you want to say quickly, uh, or we don't need to get into them? But anything uh, else? Yeah, give me a sec because I, I thought I closed the list for some reason. Uh, let's see. Uh, one that was kind of nebulous that I didn't mention uh, was a uh, "Blow the Man Down," which is an Amazon original. I don't know if that even came out in Canada or if you got around to seeing this. Um, I have no idea what that's Oh wow. Okay. Well I'll pitch on it real quick. Uh it's about two sisters in New England. Um and one of them accidentally kills a dude. Uh and the two sisters have to cover it up. Uh and it's all kinds of local crime lord stuff. Very Cohen Brothers, very Fargo-ish. At least that, that's the comparison that a lot of people have made. Um, the tone is a little bit different, but it still has that sort of uh, light satire aspect to it. Um, but it's it's a fantastic cast. It feels like it really captures this, not idealized, but sort of uh, quaint, turned up to 11 version of New England. 
Um, and it, uh, yeah, it's a very good movie uh, that I highly recommend uh, people go check out uh, that I guess Amazon didn't do much promotion for because I saw it in 2019 and I uh, or early 2020, I mean, and nobody really talked about it from what I could tell. So, yeah, yeah, it is also on Amazon here. I'm adding it to my watch list, <laughs> but I did not know this movie existed before just now. Great. I'm glad that I could give it some some attention. So, um, uh, yeah, if I want to mention a movie quickly, uh, yeah, I, I talked about a couple of docs that I saw this year that were good, uh, but uh, the movie Lingua Franca, I don't know, I'm really not sure how to pronounce the, that movie mm-hmm. title, um, which is about... Uh, a trans uh, Filipino worker in the U.S. who, uh, who's working, uh, who's like an illegal immigrant, mm. and he's working as a caretaker for an old woman, and uh, the grandson of that old woman, uh, basically comes back from rehab to live with his grandmother, um, and they start having a relationship, and it's. A lot. It's a lot about like the fear of uh, illegal immigration and mm. uh, the reality of um, transhood. Um, and yeah. it's uh, it's directed by a trans woman. It's a uh, the uh, and the act the main actress gives the, like a really great performance. It's on Netflix, and one another one that Netflix didn't. <laughs> um, talk a lot mm. about but uh I, yeah i do really recommend it it almost made my list yeah i think that might be on that might be on hbo here i feel like that's where i have it in my list because i have it somewhere but maybe it, i think it might be on netflix i'm not entirely positive but um yeah that that's one that i've been looking at and hearing you say that you thought it was good i'm probably gonna check it out a little bit sooner um yeah i don't know i didn't have many other i mean uh, you know emma from from last year was also almost on my list that's that's one um she dies tomorrow is another movie yeah uh, she dies tomorrow was also uh another one that i i had on my long list uh emma i tried to watch not my kind of movie fair enough fair fair enough (laughs) Uh, uh i am of course part of the anya taylor joy army uh and uh, i will uh, i will not be taking uh any <laughs> any questions <laughs> she's, she's great it. it's just like not my it's it's not my kind of film uh yeah oh yes the last documentary uh, time which is on amazon um yeah time i i, I it feels mm. weird because it almost doesn't feel like a movie in because time is a documentary and a black and white documentary about um the struggle of oh. a woman to get her husband uh uh out of jail where he's been for 20 years at this point um and mm. her, yeah this like, has been on my list her six yeah. uh i think she has four or six sons something like, she has many sons and they're, you see them wow. very young in the movie, and you see them like basically men, uh, and it's about like the criminal, uh, the, the the punitive criminal justice system in America, and uh, and uh, 
the the people that are hurt the most by it, uh, the good people that are hurt mm-hmm. the most by it. Right. And it's a, a really beautiful thing. A be- I think it's essential. Wash. I I feel like I should have put it on my list, but it's it's like again, it it feels right more important than almost any of the movies I mentioned. In a way, it's like a it's it's such a yeah. It's such a yeah. yeah I, 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 uh, a must I almost would uh yeah I want to I want to see it and then we can maybe talk about it more yeah. because that sounds that sounds interesting and then there are other this again this is a weird year there are other movies that might have been on my list that will be on my list next year but it was in this weird area um so you know there's a reason that like Judas and the Black Messiah isn't on my list because it's probably going to be on the 2021 list so we'll, we'll yeah, I look forward to that list a year from now. If you want to yeah. hear about those movies, um, look forward to our. Uh, let's 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 say we'll do an Oscar episode in a couple. Of yeah, months. yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to talk about uh, those. Yeah, some of that yeah, stuff. Then. Yeah, Judas and Black um, Messiah and Minari and the Father. I guess if one of us watches that. I guess I have to watch The Father now. I almost went and watched that today, because, but I was like, no, 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 thank you. Uh, I'll watch that later. Um, I'm, I'm all for Olivia Coleman, but come on. The, the only I, of the best picture nominations I've seen is Mank, and, and Mank is such a dumb movie. Um, <laughs> Um, and I liked that movie, but I'm like, no, no, what's no, uh, uh, okay, uh, let's get out of here. Uh, the plugs, uh, but yeah. Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Isayer. Uh, last time I'm plugging this, I did plug it last time, but I was on an episode of uh, the Abnormal Mapping podcast, uh, your uncle Beach House, <laughs> which uh, talking about uh, ping pong, the animation. I think that was a very good podcast, so go listen to that. Uh, and maybe you'll listen to me on other things soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he'll be a guest on some other stuff real soon here. Uh, yeah, uh, there wasn't a new Phantom Zone this week, so you still can go listen to the three-hour extravaganza that was uh, me, uh, Connor, Hunter, Eric Fedorchak, Andy Seitz, uh, Iza, <laughs> and I don't remember if there was anybody else there. I think Lou was there yeah, uh, as we talked about Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League. Uh the movie of 2021 <laughs> uh potential uh, addition to the list next year uh no 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 but it was very good as uh, and you get to hear details as to what was good about it uh in that episode that three hour nearly episode <laughs> yeah because of that episode i did watch <laughs> four hours of justice League. Uh, <laughs> thing i kind of enjoy doing uh, i'll be honest and you, well, you don't need to get into that um um yeah watch you also watched uh, no go yes. ahead. i said no i was gonna say we talked about this week uh, that yes. i haven't seen they're all great um except mike yeah. mike is not great no don't watch mike don't 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 
Don't watch. I I too am a Fincher obsessive, late Fincher obsessive, but don't watch me. Uh, do watch the BVS extended cut, as Eric found out, because it's a good, it's good ish. Yeah. Uh, it's not bad. Uh, still not great. <laughs> still kind of broken and <laughs> has a problem. But yeah, uh, yeah. I think we're done. Uh, I think of bye. Oh,